Yeah, you can't keep a good man down. Okay, we have some technical issues, but we are back. My apologies for the delay. We got a lot of important stories today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor is A.B. Burns Tucker, law student and host of I Am Legally Hype. Should be an amazing breakdown with me today. Okay, my first story of the day, I know you're tired of it, but there's an update. Jada is now criticizing Will Smith. Damn it, Will cannot win for losing. Now, Will Smith, as I have already shared, was absolutely 100% wrong for slapping Chris Rock. I think his move, as Steve Harvey said, was a Hollywood move. I don't think he would have slapped Steve Harvey. I don't think Will Smith would have slapped Will Ferrell. I think he made a calculated move to do something ridiculous, and it was not to stand up for Jada. He was trying to figure out how to stand up for himself in some ridiculous show of macho this, that, and the other. You know, sometimes when people try to make themselves look big, they end up showing themselves as being small. Let me remind you of what happened at the Oscars. Here it is. Uh oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Disgusting. Should not have happened. It was wrong. And I know some people like to equivocate. You literally have one person who's possibly a victim of a joke, and the other person is a victim of an assault. There was no true equivocation here. But remember, now Jada Pinkett Smith has said, you know, I wish Will Smith would not have done that. But she laughed at it. Here it is. Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the out of me. Uh, she laughed, she laughed so hard, she made a very exaggerated move in her laughter. Let me give you some background to this. Jada wishes that he, Will Smith, did not get physical with the comedian. Well, good for her, it took her a while to say it, but now she has said it. It was in the heat of the moment, and it was him overreacting. He knows that, she knows that they're in agreement that he overreacted. That's according to her source, who exclusively told US Weekly about where the couple stands now. Now remember, moral leadership is typically quick and concise. It does not take you days to figure out that your actions are wrong, especially when they are that egregious. You see, they are looking at the Hollywood winds. They're seeing how things are blowing now, how the negative is impacting the economy of Will Smith. And his wife, Jada. You see, this is about status, ladies and gentlemen. Hollywood's fascination with status, and by extension, our fascination with status as well. As I said in an earlier show, if Chris Rock would have slapped Will Smith, this would be a different story. There's more. According to the insider, Jada did not want Smith to get into an altercation. She's not one of these women that needs protecting. He didn't need to do what he did. She didn't need protecting. She's not a wallflower, the source shared. She's a strong woman, an opinionated woman, and she can fight her own battles, but she still stands by him. Mm. As you know, Smith resigned from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences on Friday, writing in a statement, 
that his behavior was shocking, painful, and inexcusable, and claiming he wanted to put the focus back on those who deserve attention for their achievements. Smith could still face additional punishment from the academy when its board of governors meets later this month. And the news is not much better around the film studios either. According to the Hollywood Reporter, several different companies are beginning to distance themselves from Smith, though not publicly. Now, when I first reported on this story, 52% of Americans were for Will Smith. That was the immediate polling. Today, however, according to new polling, three in five Americans disapprove of Will Smith's slapping of Chris Rock at the 94th Academy Awards. Now I know you say, you know, these are wealthy people. These individuals do not and will not impact our lives. That's not true. I spoke to a group of high school students two days ago. You know what they wanted to know? Doc, what do you think about what Will Smith did? And I gave them honest opinion. You see, things like this, they have a way of shaping the social narrative. What's acceptable and unacceptable, what we are willing to tolerate. Because I guarantee you, as I told those students, if you would have slapped him, they would call you thugs. But because it was Will Smith slapping Chris Rock is debatable. Just putting things in context for you, narratives are powerful. Madam, what are your thoughts on this? I definitely agree with your perspective that had it been a group of high school kids, um, they would definitely be in jail for assault and battery and Mm -hmm. facing all type of lawsuits. Um, I understand as well the narrative of both sides where some people feel like he's protecting his wife. But I think the reality is that type of behavior on that type of stage is inappropriate for anybody. Um, Again, I do also think that Will Smith made a very calculated choice because if it was a Will Ferrell, um, right, right, or maybe a Chris Tucker, right, I do not think he would have felt as bold to go ahead and put his hands on somebody. So at this point, whatever. Um, damages he's he's dealing with right now. That's on him. He earned it. Yeah. Two cops in Georgia they have been indicted because they shot a man in the back. The man cannot move his body. Two former East Point police officers have been indicted in connection with a 2018 shooting. Let's put up the picture of the man they shot and damn near killed. Let's put up the picture of the man in the hospital. All right, former East Point cop, two former East Point cops have now been indicted. Attorney Don Samuel represents former police officer Rodney Etienne who pleaded not guilty. This was a horrific and tragic story. Let's put up the other picture of this a young man who can no longer move, all right? He's paralyzed from the neck down, okay? There's some background to this story that's worth highlighting. Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis said the office, her office indicted former East Point police officers Rodney Etienne and Chiron Nicole Varner. On two counts, each a violation of oath 
as well as reckless conduct, aggravated assault, and aggravated battery. Let's put up the chief of police of East Point, Georgia. His name is Chief Sean Buchanan. DA Willis, who's a black female, her office said the last two charges stem from allegations that the officers shot at Mr. Nolly, that's the man you saw in the photo, paralyzed, in December of 2018, without justification, while he was running away from them after a car chase that ended on Interstate 285. The office said the misdemeanor reckless conduct charge involves another alleged victim that the officers are alleged to have shot recklessly in a crowded shopping center, resulting in danger to a bystander shopping in a nearby store. Okay. You see, this happened in 2018. These cops just got indicted recently. The man who is paralyzed was shot in the back. They tried to kill him. Now, according to the cops, they said, well, it was because he um, he almost ran over us. So they gave us legal justification to hunt him down and kill him. That's basically their narrative. That's the narrative being presented by the attorney who's representing one of the cops. It is insanity. And not only, not only did they shoot this man in the back, they put all citizens in danger who were in the vicinity. Remember, this went to a grand jury. Grand jury looked at the information, looked at the data, saw the evidence, and said, Well, wait a minute. These cops must be charged. These cops must be indicted. Now, remember, if we already had the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act passed, the policy that Republicans decided to step against, we would have this information in a federal registry. We would already know what these cops did in 2018. But because we don't have that registry, we do not have that policy, we do not have that federal law, we have to wait until we find out. All right, thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I think this is why we need to be mindful of how we're training police officers. And people also need to be aware of how the law works, right? Um, so when you're looking at the timeline of this particular situation and you consider the fact that the victim was shot in the back, that should indicate that the victim at that point was not a threat. And so the use of force that was utilized to stop him is not is not reasonable, right? So as officers, you know, they are held to a standard where they have to issue a reasonable standard of care. These actions were completely reckless. Um, you know, and I really hope that they are truly prosecuted to the fully fullest extent of the law. Um, and it sucks that it just it took so long to, for us to even get here. Ms. Tucker, isn't that the issue, right? Because in almost every profession imaginable, from being a doctor to a professor to a psychologist, all of those industries require a higher standard of care and a higher standard of accountability. Meaning, there are right. things that you and I can do, it would not be deemed illegal. Because we're not professionals in that arena. But if they do it, if they do it, it is a violation of actual statute. And they're held to a higher 
penalty for those actions. But in policing, my dear sister, yeah. somehow we have reversed yeah. the model in policing. And we are now holding them to a lower standard of accountability, a lower standard of care. And we think it's normative and it is not normative for any other profession. I've never heard anyone say when a store clerk makes the wrong decision and they decide to shoot somebody that wasn't robbing a store. No one says to that store clerk, well, you know what? You have a dangerous job, we understand. We're gonna give you qualified immunity, never happened. But that's, excuse, that's, that's the excuse for police officers, right? We excuse their actions by saying, oh, they're in a dangerous position and they have to act fast and this and the yep. third. But the reality is that they should be trained accordingly. That is yep. the profession that you signed up for. You knew the danger was, um, there was a potential of danger, right? When you applied for that position. And so you took on that responsibility to say, I'm gonna put my life on the line every day to protect people. So I think it's wrong for us as American citizens to hold them to a lesser accountability, a lesser standard than any other profession because their job is so called dangerous. Well, we're finding out they're more dangerous than the people that they're supposed to be arresting, but that's yeah. a whole nother situation. And I bring up store clerks intentionally because literally based on actual data that we have been able to analyze for the last 20 years, it's more dangerous to be a person working in a store, a 7-Eleven, than it is being a cop. The number one most dangerous profession in America based on fatality and severe injury is being a tree cutter. But if you cut that tree and it falls the wrong way and somebody dies, I guarantee you that tree cutter will be held accountable. Breaking news, you know, the cop who shot Amir Locke, remember that, will not face charges. And I told you this when it happened because I could read the apologetic tone of the mayor and the interim chief. Let me remind you of what happened. Twenty-two-year-old Amir Locke was shot and killed. He was not the subject of the investigation, nor the target of the warrant. The mayor of Minneapolis literally campaigned on the fact that he got rid of no-knock warrants. When we first reported on this story, it was still on his website that one of his accomplishments as mayor was eliminating no-knock warrants. It was a lie. It was a lie. We got more information now. The officer, Mark Henneman, will not face charges. Let's put up a picture of our dear brother, Amir Locke, who was taken away from us far too soon. He was an aspiring musician. He was days away from his planned move to Texas to be closer to his mother. He was at a friend's apartment. In a joint statement by AG Keith Ellison and 
uh, Hennepin County Attorney Michael Freeman or Mayor Locke's life matter, that's what they said. While it is still difficult to locate a confirmed photo of Officer Henneman that hasn't been wiped from the internet. Here's the interim police chief, Amelia Huffman. Remember her, she gave that press conference during a press conference where she became a de facto defense attorney for the cop. One of the activists who was appointed as part of the oversight committee said no, this is not what we agreed to. And as we previously mentioned about Henneman City records show there have been three complaints against him that were closed without discipline, talking about the cop. Data from communities united against police brutality shows a fourth complaint in 2018 that's still open. Once again, problematic background, multiple complaints. If we had the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act, that would be on the record for us to review anytime we chose. As reported by the New York Times, in announcing they would not file charges, the prosecutors were critical of the raid that the police carried out with a no knock warrant. But said they would not be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the officer had committed a crime in violation of Minnesota law that allows officers to use deadly force in certain situations. Now I'm gonna say something and it may piss off some people, okay? I am so disappointed in the black attorney general of that state. I know this brother, met him many times, we've had conversations. Shame on you, because they're saying the AG and other prosecutors, well, there are some problems here and we don't like what happened. And there were some rules not followed, but we cannot prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Damn it, that's not what your oath is. Your oath is to seek justice. When you swear on that Bible, Quran or whatever you use, You swear to seek justice. Nobody swears to seek prosecutions or slam dunks or shoe ins. Seek justice. Try. Try. And you wonder why people are getting sick and tired of you Democrats who are corporatized. In the political realm, sick and tired of you. You talk a good game, you get people to believe in you, and then you can admit that what happened was wrong, but because you don't feel that we can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, which is nowhere in the standard of you seeking justice, you think we are supposed to look the other way and say, well, they said they can't prove it. You know how many people y'all have prosecuted on less evidence? You know how many people are serving life sentences that didn't even commit the crime, no DNA evidence whatsoever, all circumstantial. You prosecuted the case, you got a conviction, 20 years later, it gets overturned. You prosecuted good men for less. And you won't prosecute this man with a video of the damn murder. Even as the killing provoked new rounds of condemnation against the Minneapolis Police Department and the mayor who oversees it. Criminal charges were seen by legal experts as unlikely. That is because Mr. Locke who was awakened in the early morning hours 
by officers entering the apartment under a no knock warrant was holding his own handgun. Mr. Locke owned the gun legally, you have a legal right. You have a legal right to possess a firearm. Where are the constitutionalists? Where are the pro-gun people? Where's the National Rifle Association? You see, Mr. Locke doesn't fit your narrative. So you don't come out and defend him, but we will. He has no voice now, he is dead. All right, um, Mayor Jacob Fry had already limited the use of no-knock warrants according to the report. But killing the killing of Mr. Locke drew accusations that Mr. Fry uh, had misled the public during his campaign for re-election. Last year, last year, he claimed to have banned such warrants, okay? He said, hey, I banned them, all right? Uh, if uh, in response to Mr. Locke's killing, the mayor issued a new policy this week which prohibits no-knock warrants and requires officers to knock and announce their presence and then wait before entering a building. All right, all of these dead black bodies and nobody held accountable. You don't think this is going to piss off communities? All right, just sister, am I out of line, out of line here? Um, not at all. This one hits personal to me, right? As someone whose brother was wrongfully convicted and has right. been in prison for the last 15 years for a crime he didn't commit, and there's no physical evidence, it's definitely bothersome um, that there's no accountability held in this point. Um, going back to even the violations, right? When you're talking about a Second Amendment violation, right, for this young brother's right to bear arms, but his Fourth Amendment. A violation, right? Um, when you talk about a warrant, the reason why we have warrants um, and through the 14th Amendment, states are able to apply the Fourth Amendment is because we didn't want police officers just running up in our homes, right? That's or right. running up anywhere we're at and being able to conduct an unlawful search or seizure. So when you require a warrant, you require probable cause, right? Um, that needs to be here adhered to wholeheartedly. So to apply for a no-knock warrant is essentially saying like, I get to just run up in this person's house, right? Without any type of warning, without any type of provocation um, or even giving them a chance. So at this point, you know, it's, it's hard to hear that they did not feel like they can prove their case beyond a reasonable, reasonable doubt. Um, but I do agree that your job is to seek uh, justice. Um, and that is what is deserved because the way the timeline of this scenario does not add up for there not being some sort of um, criminal liability here. So yeah, and and I gotta remind everyone because I know once we post this on Facebook Watch and YouTube, people will say, "Well, wait a minute, it wasn't intentional." To be that's charged, that's right. To be charged with a form of murder or homicide, even negligent homicide. Uh, manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, etc. Your intention is not required. But if you engage in an action that disregarded the life and safety of others, you can be charged with one of the variations of murder. That's how it works in this country. We got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments, only got time for a couple. Colorado Blue Blazer regular says, no matter what else comes from the slap, Chris Rock took the hit like a boss. He really did, didn't he? I mean, if I'm ever slapped, and let's pray that never happens. But that's the way I wanna take it, all right? It was like Puff Daddy said, Chris Rock has a chin. All right, 
Mika Steve the Silver Hair Dragon. At the very least, they should have been charged with negligent homicide. Amazing how legal gun ownership, stand your ground and castle doctrine don't apply to black men. Yep, that's right, well said. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell there's an African American man threatening my life. Karenicity runs deep in this one. Uh, she decided to start just saying the N word over and over and over and over again. And as she is saying the N word, naturally, somebody took the opportunity to highlight this, I guess, proud Karen moment. It seems to me that this Karen is very proud of her extreme racism. Um, after yelling the N word, she says white lives matter, which proves that the entire white lives matter movement is simply a racist ass retort to black people and the movement for black lives. And then she just had to throw in the Irish. Now, it's interesting, I've actually heard Bill O'Reilly make a similar argument. It was insane then, it's insane now. Uh, we are talking about systemic oppression, oppression by design, discriminatory aspects of human existence have been in the culture, it permeates. But we're talking about a very specific design in the United States of America to classify one group of people based on skin color as a permanent underclass. That was the attempt of this American government. Ms. Tucker, thoughts on this? Karen moment. I mean, we already know white lives matter. That's why we have to keep saying that black lives matter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, so I mean, we, we don't need to hear it. What we need is for you guys to understand where racism comes from and why it's even an issue in the first place. Um, if white people didn't have the superiority complex, then we wouldn't be going through um, all the movements that have grown from actually like racism being present more than it's ever been, right? So um, I'm over Karen, I'm glad she had her moment. And it just goes to show how just utterly ridiculous they are. So I'm great yeah. day, Karen. <laughs> yeah, let's put up a picture again. Let's put up Karen's picture here. Uh, we have not been able- I'm not the Karen. <laughs> provide. No, you're not the Karen. We have not been able to provide. <laughs> all right, that's the Karen, all right? Now that's probably somebody's grandmother. Here's the thing, if you love your Karen grandmother, I need you to contact us at Indisputable. There's some help that we may be able to provide, all right? Okay, this was horrific and sad. 70 year old woman going through a bipolar disorder, a manic situation. She locks herself in the bathroom and the police come. They taser her, they taunt her, they laugh at her. Here's part of the video. Oh, she's like, um, uh-huh. oh, what are you doing that to me? 
They knew she was mentally ill, 70 years of age. Her name is LaDonna Paris. There's more video, here it is. Nobody's trying to kill you. I love my job. Laughing, right? Now, I'm going to prove to you that they knew this was, in fact, a mental health issue. I have more video. You see, according to the report, those officers contacted the crisis response team. But according to them, the crisis response team was on another call and not available at that moment. Here's what else happened. I'm gonna kick this door down and rip you out of there. It's ready or something. You wanna get tased? Yeah, then come out. You wanna get tased? Don't do it. She's so 85. I don't even know what this lady looks like. Is she white? I have no idea. They then ran in, kicked the door in, decided to taser a 70 year old woman, elderly woman who they knew had a mental health condition. This is why people don't like the police. They knew she had a mental health condition because you heard the officer say she is so 85. 85 refers to a state code that means mental health disorder, a mental health issue. They were well aware. I mean, damn, does this make them feel good, strong, tough? Would they want someone to handle their 70 year old grandmother or mother this way who's going through a mental health crisis? That woman had to be scared out of her mind. And this is the way the police protect and serve, to taser a 70 year old mentally ill woman. You can't make the argument for the police here that somehow they were unaware. They didn't know all the facts. They did not have all of the information. They were insensitive, they laughed, they mocked, disgusting. LaDonna Paris is her name. After being tackled, police said in their statements, she suffered a minor injury to her face during the arrest. Um, they call this minor. Her nose is bleeding, the whole side of her face is injured. Those are the injuries that we can see, I'm sure she had others. She's 70 years old. LaDonna spent a month in jail on charges of arson, trespassing, resisting arrest and other charges before a judge dropped them all. Dropped all of the charges, citing that she had a mental health condition. They tried to stack charges against her. Some of those charges didn't even fit. They didn't fit even if she did not have a mental health crisis. Tulsa police captain, here it is, the cover up. Uh, Richard Mullenberg, here's what he said about the arrest. And I quote, to be clear, the banter between the officers outside the presence of the suspect can be received as unprofessional. 
and has been addressed with the officers. I talked to them. However, the captain said that the overall actions within the overall actions of the officers and the way in which the call was handled is within the policies of the Tulsa Police Department. Let's put up a picture of a man who likes to beat up elderly people, obviously. Let's put up a picture of the captain. That's Captain Richard Mullenberg. He's he's okay with cops beating up on elderly citizens. Y'all need to get rid of this clown and every clown that thinks like him in your city. Because I promise you, I promise you, they're gonna pay a settlement at some point. And if you are anti-defunding the police, stop hiring and allowing corrupt and negligent cops to be on your force. You pay for it one way or the other, don't you? All right, let's talk your thoughts on this case. Yeah, just real quick, you know, Biden passes a budget and there was a lot of police funding in there. So I'm hoping that some of it goes to creating social welfare programs um, for instances like this, because we ask the police to do a lot, right? And they are not trained to deal with mental health issues. Um, but you're putting a lot on people who barely made it out of high school, right? The minimum requirement to be a police officer is a GED. It doesn't require any type of real discipline um, or education or anything like that. So um, I really hope that this is, I really hope that in our spending plan that we start to migrate more towards getting social help for people with mental illness and stop treating them like criminals. Yeah, well said. All right, we got more on the other side is indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, that helps. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of comments. Um, Lynn says uh, that female officer was doing her best to be one of the good old boys. You're right. Uh, it was sickening, wasn't it? Pan dragon, panda dragon, panda dragon. So messed up, they could treat her like that. Breaks my heart. And they knew she was an elderly woman going through a mental health crisis. And that's how they treated her. What do you think they do to unarmed young black men? If they would treat an elderly woman in a mental health crisis like that. And remember the culture standing with them. Police captain said, hey, I don't like what they did, but there's no violation here of policy. Wow. Josh. Sam Mandel, yeah, Ohio Senate candidate released a campaign ad and said, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You see, uh, Dr. King's daughter inspired me." Uh, and this is about the Edmund Pettus Bridge, uh, the very famous bridge where the former uh, congressman, the late congressman John Lewis, uh, had his head bashed in by racist people. All right, well, that was the site of Bloody Sunday, Civil Rights March. Now this person is invoking the name of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to argue that children should not be taught critical race theory in schools. Here it is. Critical race theory is crap. Martin Luther King marched right here, so skin color wouldn't matter. I didn't do two tours in Ambar province, fighting alongside Marines of every color to come home and be called a racist. There's nothing racist about stopping critical race theory and loving America. Josh Mandel, pro God, pro gun, pro Trump. And pro dumbass. Sir, 
First of all, Dr. King believed in the concepts of critical race theory. He subscribed to the framework. I'm sure you have done zero research, but let me educate you. You see, Dr. King from 1964 and beyond started talking about something called equity. But he utilized the terminology genuine equality. He said it's one thing to sit at a restaurant where you choose, but it's another thing to own it. He was talking about an equitable principle. He also talked about universal basic income because of systemic racism and how it impacted primarily black Americans. That in order to change that reality, you can't just change the systems and you can't just change out the people, you must also change the economy. That is a critical race theory concept. In addition to that, Dr. King also argued against redlining, which is once again a systemic issue that discriminates against black individuals. And the list goes on and on. Well, this is quite fascinating because Dr. King's daughter got involved here. Good for her. I'm good friends with Bernice King. Mandel, Mandel would essentially taunt Bernice King, mockingly saying that she inspired him to feel to film the ad. Let's put up the tweet. Just think about how ridiculous this guy is, right? Josh Mandel says, thank you, Bernice King and the King Center for motivating me to film this ad. My visit to Selma was powerful and inspiring. And I look forward to returning and bringing my kids. Okay, there is a response, but before I go to the response, um, he went to Selma to shoot a damn commercial. Contrary to the spirit of those who were bloody at that march. And contrary to the spirit of Dr. King and the sentiment of the civil rights movement. King, Dr. King, Dr. Bernice King tweeted back. Here's the response. Josh, regretfully, I do not believe that I or the King Center legitimately motivated you to film this ad. As it is in opposition to nonviolence and too much of what my father taught. I encourage you. To study my father slash nonviolence in full, register the King Center Institute.org. Then Josh would say that King didn't know her own father's history. Damn, the privilege in this one runs deep. Josh said, Your father knew the importance of the Second Amendment when he tried to exercise his right to self defense. And was wrongly denied a gun permit by anti-gun racist. Firearms, violence, study your history better, Bernice King. Now this guy's so damn silly, I don't even know if it's worth my commentary or response. That was one of the most ridiculous rebuttals I've ever heard in my life. Um, Bernice King would then respond with excerpts from her father. Let me read these, it's important to get on the record here. After the bombings. Many of the officers of my church and other trusted friends urged me to hire a bodyguard, an armed watchman for my house. I tried to tell them that I had no fears now 
and consequently needed no protection. But they were insistent. So I agreed to consider the question. I also went down to the sheriff's office and applied for a license to carry a gun in the car. But this was refused. Meanwhile, I reconsidered. How could I serve as one of the leaders of a nonviolent movement and at the same time use weapons of violence for my personal protection? There's more. Coretta and I talked the matter over for several days and finally agreed that arms were no solution. We decided then to get rid of the one weapon we owned. We tried to satisfy our friends by having floodlights mounted around the house and hiring unarmed watchmen around the clock. I also promised that I would not travel around the city alone. She was giving Josh a proper education, but isn't it ironic, shameful that she has to tell this white male privileged individual that she actually knows her father better than he does. There's more. Meanwhile, our dear sister Morgan Harper, we had on the show, all right, this week. Uh, that is Josh's Democratic opponent responded to the ad. Here's what Harper said. The Republican Party's tired CRT talking points bear no resemblance to reality. But for Josh Mandel to misappropriate Dr. King, the civil rights movement, and the legacy of Selma for his own political gain is absolutely outrageous. She continued, Mandel continues to stoop to new lows in his efforts to divide our state. He offers no actual solutions to Ohioans, including his fellow veterans that he uses as political props in his ads. She continued, meanwhile, people all over Ohio are desperate for action. We need higher paying jobs, better health care, including mental health care and help starting and growing businesses. Now the racism and division that Mandel is offering. Um, if you would like to support Morgan Harper's campaign, uh, go to the link, all right? Go to Act Blue, donate Morgan Harper for US Senate. Uh, I support her fully. Ms. Tucker, a lot to unpack there. What are your thoughts? Let's do it. So first of all, this argument that critical race theory is crap is proving to be inaccurate. Um, because if we had critical race theory, then he wouldn't be so ignorant to his history. <laughs> That's right. So if we want to, if we want to talk about history, he would have been better off praising the Black Panther Party, right? Because that's essentially where this um, uh, putting restrictions on gun registrations and stuff like that came from, right? So you would have been better off there instead of Martin Luther King. Um, but I, my issue too is that we've allowed white people to tell their version of their history for so long. And now when black people wanna do it, it's a problem. And now we're teaching racism. But y'all told the story about the Boston Tea Party as if you guys did it because there was no taxation without representation, right? You guys talk about the second amendment because you're saying we want the states to be able to protect themselves against federal militias. Y'all don't go back and tell them that y'all did it because of y'all Virginia compromise, right? Because you didn't want slaves to revolt and run up on y'all slave owners and get y'all back for the what y'all have done for however many years. So the historical aspect of it is crap. Um, I hope people see through this stuff and we show up for the primaries in our elections because at this point it's just getting utterly ridiculous. Know your facts before you come on the big screen. 
Well said. Very sad story, very sad story. A two year old child killed by a stray bullet from an officer. Let's put up a picture. According to the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, a stray bullet fired by a police officer on the SWAT team in Missouri, Joplin, Missouri. Killed a two year old girl during the handling of a domestic violence disturbance. This story is going to shock your conscience, okay? Because there's more carnage involved. It was March 26th in Baxter Springs. Two year old Cheslin Crawford died because of that stray bullet from an officer. In the toddler's obituary, she was described as full of life and had a bubbly personality. The officer has not been publicly identified. And a spokesperson for the KBI declined to do so when reached by the New York Daily News on Tuesday. The officer and team were responding to a Baxter Springs police request for assistance in handling a disturbance. But you also claimed the lives of both parents. Both parents are dead as well. Here's the background. The girl's father, his name was Eli Crawford, 37 years of age, is believed to have died of a single self-inflicted gunshot wound after a nearly three and a half hour standoff in which he fired more than 90 rounds at law enforcement officers while barricading inside a camping trailer at the address, okay? He fired 90 rounds at the police. The KBI reported in the release of the preliminary findings of this investigation of the incident that police were responding to a woman's 911 call for help when they first arrived at the trailer by 7.15 PM and knocked on the door. Eli Crawford answered the knock but slammed the door shut again when he saw it was the police. The KBI said his daughter, Reopened the door, right? Reopened the door and her mother, Taylor D. Shuttle, 27, ran out while the child remained inside. As Taylor Shuttle fled, the father stepped outside the trailer and shot her multiple times and began shooting at the four police officers there as well. The officers retreated to, to a safe distance without returning fire. Although Crawford kept shooting at them using several guns. In the meantime, the mother died of her wounds at the scene. Now I'm going to say it because most people won't. If the police would have put a bullet in him initially, maybe the wife and the child would be alive. I know you don't like to hear that. And I don't like to say it. But he was able to shoot at the police 90 damn times. They initially refused to return fire after they saw him shoot and kill his own wife. 9.25 PM, an officer with the SWAT team fired a single round into the camping trailer. And that round struck and killed the girl. Let's put a picture up again. When they decided to shoot back, that's who they killed. 
I told you, this is a hard story. The police department issued a statement on Monday confirming the KBI's finding. The police chief, his name is Sloan Rowland. Let's put up his picture. During the statement he said, and I quote, this is a horrific outcome to what had already started as a very tragic incident. Neither statement released Monday provided any details concerning the circumstances under which the SWAT team member fired the round that claimed the girl's life. After the KBI's investigation concludes, the findings will be given to the Cherokee County Attorney who will determine if they're going to file charges. Everybody in that family is now dead. All right, let's talk your thoughts on this. So this is one of those times where you see an actual threat and you want the police to take action, right? But you know, first of all, I just want to say like it's so sorry for that little girl yeah. um, and for her mother. And domestic violence is a terrible situation to be involved in. Um, but this is one of the times where we see the, the police not act right accordingly. And we look at this little girl, we imagine what her father looks like yeah. and why there wasn't a threat to act, right? Um, we think about the fact that like Muhammad Noor got charged with third degree murder, right? For essentially protecting his partner. And now we look at officers like this who are not providing that protection. Shouldn't they be criminally charged too? Yeah, there you go. Always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Thank you for giving us your wisdom. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Thank you, thank you for having me. You know, I love it here. Um, you can follow me on social media, all platforms. I am Legally Hype, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Check me out until next time. Great Thanks stuff. Thanks for having me.